Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Cathedral of Sport podcast and today it's hosted by just me, Ash. No rev tonight, he's on an unauthorised sky. No, I'm only kidding folks, he's, he's got work to do and he'll be back as soon as possible. Right everyone, it's another fan guest interview for you and today I have been kindly joined by a man who is dubbed the UK's most dedicated football fan. It's Colin Pereira. Colin, how are you? How is life treating you? Uh, mate, yeah, all good. Um... Just uh, been. I'm actually uh, currently sitting at the football club right now. In fact, uh, just outside, I've been playing pool with my friend in the clubhouse. So uh, yeah, all good. <laughs> it's 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 live, folks. <laughs> it's, it's live. He's at a game right now. Talk about dedication, right, Colin? Start with a few questions, uh, mate. Just right. Let's go all the way back, and I mean right the way back. Tell us a bit about where you grew up, um, where you were born, etc. So um, I actually um, I actually bought, was born in Hemel Hempstead uh, in my hometown where I still live now. So uh, yeah, that's, that's I was actually born here. I was born and raised, and I've uh, lived here pretty much all my life, apart from when I've uh, gone away to study. So, so Colin, the world look the world is your oyster when it comes to what team to support. Um, I know there's a lot of Arsenal fans in Hemel, Tottenham. You know, you, you could have picked Watford, you could have picked Luton, you could have picked Chelsea, but you didn't do that, did you, Colin? You you picked your hometown club, Hemel Hempstead Town. Tell us tell us a bit about that, a bit of background about the club and to all our listeners around the world um, who have never heard Hemel Hempstead before, because a lot a lot wouldn't have, because it's a, it's a non-league club. Tell us a bit about tell us a bit about the club and how you came supporting them and what your influence was into supporting the Tudors, as they're known as. Yeah, um, the Tudors are known for, uh, they're known as the Tudors because, as far as I'm aware, there's Hen- uh, Henry VIII connections in the town. Uh, I think he sort of uh, owned a place here or whatever back in the day. But uh, uh, the Tudors were formed um, in 1885. And uh, yeah, my, um, I sort of, grew, as I said, I grew up here in Hemel and. Um, I'm actually like uh, from when I was younger, I sort of supported Chelsea as my dad's sort of team and that. But um, then uh, when I when I got a little bit older and such, and um, when I got to um, sort of stage where I was studying away from home, there was a time where I said to myself, "Well, I've actually heard a bit. Um, I I I had heard a little bit about how Hamill were doing as a team." Um, I was like, Hemel Hempstead Town, they're doing really well. They're top of the Southern League Premier Division right now. Um, and I was like, well, maybe I should try and go to a game and just see how it goes because, you know, I've never been to a non-league match and, you know, it just seems like, oh, what, why would you want to go to such a lower league side? So I've gone along um, and actually my first ever Hemel game <laughs> was a, an away game. It wasn't a home game. So um, I've gone to this away game and... Uh, and amazingly, uh, probably my best memory ever because um, nobody actually expected it. But uh, although we were at the top of the league at that, no one expected to win the league that day. But we actually won 4-0 away at Hungerford Town. And 
that secured the league title for Hemel because um, Chesham United, our closest challengers at the time, it was second. Um, they were away to Stourbridge and they'd lost their game. I think it was 1-0. But we were waiting for their result for like five minutes after the game. And as soon as the result came through on Twitter, we're all on the pitch and jumped on the pitch with all the players celebrating. And, that. and from that moment onwards, I was... From that moment onwards, I was uh, very much hooked on non-league football. I was like, well, what, what, what more could you want? Being on the pitch, celebrating with the players and that. Like, and uh, from that moment, I thought to myself, this is what I want to do now for the rest of my life. I want to support, I want to support my local team. Absolutely, mate. Um, I had a very, very similar story to you, actually. Uh, not, not with a, a, a league title win on my first game, but I was taken to a West London club as uh, my team as a, as a kid. And I, a friend of mine took me along to, this is before I moved away from London and moved to the West Country. So my late, sort of mid-teen years, I, I was introduced to uh, Tootin and Mitchum and their, their first ever game was the last ever game at Sandy Lane against uh, Wildstone. And uh, I was absolutely hooked from, the, from that game. And I went home and away with Tootin until I, I moved out of London. And even then, when I moved out of London, I still used to come back from where I was living in the country and still used to go to a Tootin away game or catch a home game or something like that. So non-league, I, I can completely see where you're coming from, mate. It, it, it is addictive. There is a sense of belonging there. Um, you, you meet mates for life. And again, as you said, things like jumping on the pitch and that, celebrating with the players, having a beer with the players after the game and, and stuff. You, you, you can't get that at, at Chelsea, at QPR, at, at Arsenal. Do you know, it, it, it's, it is the way forward, in my opinion, for for football fans, but a lot of people don't see that. They, they, they just can't see past the, the Premier League, which is a shame. But you did. So, that's off to you, mate. I was going to... I was going to... See you on the spot questions now. I was going to ask you about your most memorable game, but you covered that for me already. So, I'm going to ask you, following Hemel, favourite away ground? Um, oh, that's a difficult one because um, I think... My favourite away ground for the very first sort of time I've ever been there, and it's not a ground that's actually in our league either. Um, my favourite one was when we went uh, away to Lewis in the FA Trophy. They've got a fantastic ground there, massive stand behind one goal, and it was like um, a really nice uh, view of the pitch. Even for me being partially sighted, I could see pretty much three quarters of the pitch from being up there and it's just a really nice stand and a really nice ground very different and the name of the ground the dripping pan is very different as well <laughs> so uh yeah that was my favorite away ground i've been to my favorite non-league ground but in terms of in our league probably um i i quite liked i quite like dartford away dartford's a really good away day um Really, really sort of modern ground, um, and uh, a couple others like Chelmsford away. That that's also a good away day as well. And I think it's not about only the ground as well. It's also about the pubs as well and stuff like that. What what um, around the area? It's not just about the ground and how things are there. Is an away day is full of much more than just that. I think and uh, yeah, so Dartford, Chelmsford, they're both good ones, and I think another one would be Hampton and Richmond, simply because we tend to get really good results when we go there. <laughs> Definitely, um, I've been to Lewis, by the way. Um, before they built that stand behind the goal, uh, my it was a pretty much a grass bank, and uh, when Tootin scored, I remember 
loads of people it's really wet on that bank and loads of people just falling over when they, and, and sliding down the bank and <laughs> scored. There's also a brewery next. There's a brewery next door to the train station as well, which is really popular at Lewis. And Lewis is cracking for pubs. I can t- I can totally see where you're coming from there, mate. Um, Hemel players. Yeah. The best player you've seen in a Hemel shirt since you've been following Tudors. Um, best Hemel player, I think for me. Um... Uh, there's there's been a there's been a there's been a few good really good players. I think one of them would have to be Oliver Hawkins because uh, he's progressed up the board now. He's now currently at uh, he's now currently at um, where is it uh, Ipswich Town. Having been at uh, we 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 sold him to Dagenham and Redbridge, and we got some money for them selling him on to Portsmouth, and then he offered. Mm-hmm. He also scored in the he also scored in the um football league trophy EFL trophy final um got the winning penalty in that at Wembley and then uh, recently from Portsmouth he's just signed with Ipswich Town so he's had a really good career so far um but I think the best striker and uh, best well best player overall and be- just because of how good of a striker is in front of goal probably for me in my time is probably Jake Robinson uh, played for Whitehawk and then signed for Hemel um, and uh, from there he went to Billericay but he scored a lot of goals for us I remember a fantastic performance at Hampton and Richmond away one one time we were um, we were losing, I think, either 3-0 or 3-1. But I remember him scoring a hat-trick and we ended up uh, drawing the game 3-3 in the last minute. So, um, yeah, very, very good striker. Kn- knows where the net is. Um, and I uh, have to give an honourable mention to former club captain Jordan Parks as well. He's uh, miss- He was Mr. Hemel FC at the time. Um, before he left at the end of last season, uh, the... the um, yeah, at the end of not last season, but the season before, um, before we got a new manager in and such. He's uh, he was a really really good player. Um, liked to score from set pieces. I've seen him score from with both feet from both sides in terms of corners and scores lots of free kicks and penalties. Uh, very very good player. Always pops up when the team needed him for a goal and that. And really professional guy too. Um, Really nice guy in the bar afterwards. We have a chat with him, and um, yeah, he was he was the epitome of the club, really. Jordan Parks. Yeah, um, I mean, you do get some cracking players at that level, and it's some of them don't even want to go and play professional football, and they they, they want to stay with you know sort of around that level. And you get some really really cracking players, as you said about touching back on Jake Robinson. Now you see his name crop up all the time. Um, I never actually knew he played for you. I think it was from Bill, like seeing Billericay results and stuff like that when they popped up on on TV and thinking uh, he used to bang in quite a lot for them. Um, so yeah, I know I know exactly who you're talking about. I know exactly who you mean, Colin. Now we've all got them, okay? When we go to a game, no matter who who we're going to see or where we're going in the country, match day rituals. Now my own is it used to be anyway. Um, was uh, I used to do the free B's breakfast, bookies, and booze as <laughs> my uh, free match day rituals before a game. What's yours, bud? Um, well, for a home game, I don't, I don't know if I really have one. Uh, for a home game, I sort of just 
uh, sort of get up a, a little bit later and sort of get up and get myself uh, down to the um, nearest sort of pub that we go to before the game and uh, we all sort of meet up in there around about sort of one, half twelve, one o'clock and we're staying there about half past two and then walk to the ground about five, ten minutes to the ground. So for an away day though, I do like to, if I can, if it's not too far of an away game and particularly if we've got a supporters coach going, if we have enough interest, given that we don't have much of a, we don't have a large away following. Um, our average home crowds are probably about 500, 50 something like that between 500 and 600 mm-hmm. um but our but average away attendance you're looking at maybe 20 to 30 so um if there's enough interest for a supporters coach particularly um if there's a supporters coach running then i'd like i'd like to go to um somewhere to have breakfast like the toby carvery or something i'd like to get up early and get in there about sort of half past eight nine o'clock and and uh be in there for a full English breakfast before I go to an away game and uh, then we'll jump on the coach and uh, the driver always drives us to a pub before we go to the game so we'll probably get there normally about half 12, 1 o'clock and then the, the driver will just hang around until we're ready to go to the ground so the driver that we have uh, Tony is very good as well he drives for the Watford uh, team as well, not the team, but the players. Uh, the, not the players, but the um, the fans. He drives the supporters coach for Watford games as well when they're playing. If if Hemel not playing, but he quite likes doing the Hemel away coach as well. So we'll. Um, he's very good and he's very supportive of us. And if we want to go to the pub or want to go somewhere, then he'll take us there first. So yeah, I I really prefer, like love away days. I, I would say I prefer away days more than the home games to be honest. Although generally we tend to fare better at home but I suppose that's the same for all teams really <laughs> <laughs> well I, mate, I used to uh, well I still do actually uh, away days it's all about the away days I mean the last I think the last big one I went on was um, was to up to was to Peterhead because I live in Scotland now um, went up to Peterhead and that was a eight o'clock half eight start in the morning and uh, <laughs> my mate had to kick start the bus and we like we went for went for some lunch in the middle of nowhere and stuff like that, a few beers and that. You, you, you literally can't beat it. And sometimes, you know, sometimes the football actually gets in the way of an away day, you know? So that away days, as, as you've just said, are the, I think the, the epitome of, of, of football fandom, really. I mean, we all love it. And we all, we all love, we all love something that, that happens on an away day. Have you got any, any good stories or, or a funny story from an away day uh, following Hemel? I think there are a bit a fair, uh, far too many to say, but um, I think one of the most recent ones probably uh, when everyone was stood up in in the coach after after we we were, we had lost as well, and everyone was just having a ball on the coach anyway and just enjoying themselves. And apparently, everyone sort of got up, and uh, at this point, I was actually asleep, and my friend told me about it, and just everyone was up in standing up in the aisle singing to a certain song and uh, the coach driver had a break card and uh, everyone's just gone falling forwards and it's just you know things like that it's just, <laughs> you just you sort of think to yourself why am I a part of this but at the same time at the same time you're like this is why I'm a part of it so it's kind of a double-edged sword it's like it's funny but at the same time you're really sort of not you're not sure about what sort of people you've met but um, 
yeah, all great bunch of lads. They're really, uh, really most of them are really supportive of me. They they really uh, make sure they look after me and that. All of the uh, what we call the you know, we call ourselves the Tudor Army and that we're we're um, very supportive supportive of each other. If anyone has any um, any uh, problems or anything they can go to um, anyone really we're all we're like a little family I think that's what I enjoy about it so much um, the chairman uh, Kevin is really um, on the ball with booking the coaches and getting us going where we need to go so he's brilliant as well and uh, you know he pays up front a lot of the time for these things out of his own pocket so that's also something that's you know one one hell of a commitment really to do that and uh, I respect what he does for for the club and for the fans as well to get us to go to these away games when we can get enough for a coach. Yeah, um, well, fair play to him. That's uh, that's really good of him because um, a lot a lot of supporters clubs and different teams have struck like really struggled booking coaches because people don't pay on time or this and that and the other and uh, whoever's you know whoever's the uh, the guy running or or, or woman running a supporters coach, you know, it's stressful for them because sometimes they have to pay out their pocket their own money you know and, and if he's doing that every single time pretty much and saying like right guys it's fine you know you just sort me out in a day that's that's absolutely brand new it really is um you're lucky you got someone like that um colin best fans you've come across and worst fans you've ever come across now be could be friendly or it could be the atmosphere they create or or the way they've the way they've helped you um yourself when you when you've when you've uh, entered the turnstiles at the ground and also the worst fans could be the way they behave um or the way you know the way they conduct themselves or anything like that really so best fans you come across and worst fans you come across sporting hemel um okay well this one's a really good question actually because uh for the for the for the sort of best of uh, sort of other fans of other clubs that I've met, um, it has to it has to be um, said that the Eastbourne lads are a really good bunch. Um, there's a couple of them uh, that we've met, and actually I went down to see uh, one of them called Lee recently. Uh, just went down there because I hadn't seen him in a while, and just went down. Me and my me and my cousin uh, went down there to see. To see him, just to have a have a drink with him, really, and we went all the way down to Eastbourne. But they're, they're really good lads. They've always uh, enjoyed our company as well. They uh, good banter with them in the clubhouse and stuff like that. And yeah, re- really nice lads, really friendly. Um, they always enjoy coming up, and they always look forward to coming up to our our, our ground. And we look forward to going down to theirs as well. I've actually not been able to get to Eastbourne's ground for maybe three seasons now. So um, I look forward to hopefully going down there this season. I think we've got them first home game uh, of the season coming up very soon um, since the fixtures were released recently. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But uh, Eastbourne fans, very good. Braintree fans, uh, when we play Braintree, um, always been uh, very welcoming when we've gone away to their place as well. Um, it was a little bit of a kerfuffle, as you might say, when we played them in the playoff game, uh, recent playoff game in the last uh, couple of years, uh, 2018. We played them in a playoff eliminator. Um, but I think that was a lot of that was uh, just a bit of passion and that because it went to penalties. It was nil nil after extra time. It went to penalties and Hemel lost with the home team. So it's a bit of a thing like that. But 
yeah, um, they're very nice fans, Braintree fans. Um, for the worst fans, I don't really, I don't really like to label people as you know worst fans and all this because you can't really tar everyone with the same brush and that. But Hemel have got this a uh, bit of a rivalry with Wildstone last couple of years and that, and uh, you know the last sort of maybe four or five years we had a bit of a rivalry with them. Um, and uh, there was a situation where I went down to their ground once, and uh, one of them, one of their fans, decided to threaten one of my friends and that for absolutely no reason at all, really. So, um, yeah, it's, you can't tar everyone with the same brush. At the end of the day, I think uh, it's always been a bit of one of those fixtures where sort of there was one time where they come up to our place and a bit of trouble kicked off and then you kind of, you know, it kind of went spoiled from there and there was just this little rivalry between the two clubs, but we're not really rivals because, you know, they're North London, we're Hertfordshire. There's, there's no real local connection like there is between, say, Hemel and St Albans. St Albans City are, are, are our main rivals nowadays. Um, even even then, like last couple of years, we've uh, um, the games have not been segregated. We've been allowed to go in their cl- both their clubhouses, both at St Albans and Wildstone, when we've been there. And and actually, um, I met the Wildstone Raider a couple of years ago, as it, as he's known affectionately known as the Wildstone Raider, <laughs> um, Mr. Uh, Gordon Gordon Hill, as his name is, a uh, real name is, and uh, he's. Great guy, and uh, you know he actually got my guide dog Sid a bowl of water for me while I was there, and that, and uh, got a picture with him. And you know he's a nice guy, and um, and I've actually got a really good friend called Luke, um, who's a Willstone fan who I just randomly met after one of the games when we was away at their place when we were allowed in that clubhouse. So I don't like these rivalries, really segregation and that. You know, it's it's not what non-league's about. Non-league is supposed to be about home and away fans mixing in together and being able to have a bit of a banter and a bit of a laugh about the game and you know, and uh, exchange opinions. Like, what did you think at the game? What did you think of that first half at half-time or whatever? And that's what I love about non-league compared to... You'd never be able to do that in the Premier League. Never. I've been to Chelsea a few times. You know, you'd never be able to mix in with the away fans. Just It cannot happen. So... That's the beauty of non-league, I think, because it's it's different and it's something that it's not the same as as those higher levels. You can meet the players after the game. You can see you can see the away fans in the bar afterwards and discuss well, what did they think of this, and you can say what you thought of a certain situation, whether it be a controversial decision, a penalty here, or a red card or something you know it's it's really interesting to get someone else's opinion without there being this big thing of violence or this big thing of oh well we don't like you because well we're just we're the away fans and it's yeah that's what I love I love non-league football for that yeah um this is a big draw for me at non-league as well when I when I first started going now I, I was used to the segregation I, I was used to all that but then uh, everyone mingling together and I did ask questions at the start I was like why are they allowed in the bar like because it's just what it, it's just how it is and you get chatting to your away fans and you sort of you sort of natural hate you sort of natural hate barrier that, that you built up over the years as a kid um, watching top level football it starts slowly coming down the more non-league games you go to and by the end I was just like I actually sometimes preferred just going over chatting to the away fans instead of speaking to my own mates you know so, you know, so yeah, I, I, 
you know, non-league football is, is, is fantastic for that. And any Wildstone fans listening in now, Colin did mention he's not timing you all with the same brush. Um, but there has been from, I, I've, I've experienced this myself and I, it was quite funny when you did say Wildstone because I've experienced it myself and a lot of people from a lot of other teams have experienced stuff happen at Wildstone and things said to them and things chucked at them and a punch thrown at them, etc., etc. So any Wildstone fans that would like to come on that are listening to this show tonight, um, please come on. Please come on and explain to everyone that you're not all like that. You're not all thugs who a lot of people in non-league think you are. Um, it'd be great to have one if you want it. It'd be great, great to have the Raider on. Um, love to have him on. <laughs> um, right, Colin, where do you see Hemel Hempstead in 10 years' time? Is there potential one day to be a football league club? And even if you did become a football club, would you like a league football club? Would you like that? I mean, because you're so used to them being a non-league, would you would you would you want that? Uh, that'd be very mixed emotions, I think. Um, I've always uh, wanted the club to progress, and partly why I got so immersed into the club was because we were doing well at the time, and I thought this was a club that had potential that would go in the right direction, and. Uh, you know, it's um, it's funny you say that because, um, yeah, there would be an element of it that would run away, but uh, go away from it with the um, the fans and the players and such. If we were to get, go professional one day, but then, then at the same time, I've been quite heavily linked in with the club, quite heavily involved. I've done press officer duties. I've helped them with player interviews before our fantastic new media team came in this season, which, you know, the club have progressed massively off the field with that. Um, we actually um, stole uh, Dan Finil, uh, the uh, current head of media from Wildstone, in fact. <laughs> and uh, he's, uh, he's, brilliant. he's been brilliant. He's been a, fresh, a, breath, a breath of fresh air. He's actually been uh, probably the best signing the club's made in the last two, three years. You know, he's, he's been amazing off the field with all his um, interv- interviews, camera work, just putting videos together and really connecting the fans up that's not really going to the games and that, that they can actually see what's going on at the club. So it keeps them interested and thinks, well, maybe maybe I'll still come to next week's game because I couldn't get this week. So and that, I think you need that, especially at our level when the fan base isn't as quite as big. So, um, yeah, I, I in terms of um, where I see the club in, say, 10 years' time, I would like to see us challenging to be maybe up in the football league um i certainly think in the next sort of five six years we should be up in the national league um we've been sort of knocking on the door a little bit we've been in the playoffs once and uh for national league south and i think we should go up to the national league in the next sort of five years we you know we're getting a brand new pitch laid in fact it's getting laid on um well uh, chapman told me that uh, sort of hope he's, he's hoping to get it delivered this weekend the tur- the new turf for the 3G pitch and you know it's going to hopefully get laid next week start work starting next week to get it all all ready for when um when the season starts so um and uh, it's a brand new 3- 3G pitch and I think that's important for 
clubs at this level is an extra revenue stream. You can hire the pitch out. You can have all your youth teams playing, like, which we've got quite a lot of youth teams here. And, you know, you can have all those teams playing on that pitch because it's not like grass where it's going to, you know, it's going to tear up and such. And especially in the, come the winter months and that, it's a lot different. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of 3G for, you know, sort of plastic pitches and that. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I can absolutely see where the club are going with it and why they are going down that road because especially with a club with only like one main pitch you need to make the most of what you've got there and you know it's not the you know we haven't got the biggest amount of land or space here so why not use that and you know so I'm I'm very mixed about that side of it the pitch and that but yeah I can see why they're doing it and business wise it completely makes sense to me and I'm hoping that that will hopefully drive uh, more of a community initiative in the area more people will come and hire the pitch out and hopefully we can progress even more as a club even further and uh, yeah I'd hope to be in the National League maybe in the next couple or so years and maybe you know knocking on the door and challenging but I think the gap between being part-time and full-time is so big as well you know you've got massive clubs in the league above us you know Notts County and clubs like that um, you know Notts County and Halifax and all these big, big clubs that are up there that have been in the football league before, it's such a big gap between where we are now and where we used uh, and where the clubs are um, that are in that league because most of them up there in the next league up are full time. We're still part time, and if we went up, we'd need to we'd need to change our infrastructure quite quite a bit. But that's not to say we can't do it. You know, there's been plenty of examples of clubs at our level that have come up and they've done that and they've gone full-time and they've managed to um, they've managed to uh, get to that stage where they're actually going for promotion to the Football League. Look at the likes of Harrogate Town. They went full-time um, and now they're in the Football League and they've just had to rip up their 3G pitch because obviously you're not allowed them in the Football League anymore. Um, well, you never have been allowed them in the Football League so they're not allowed that so they've had to rip that up and put grass back down. Um, Boreham Wood have been knocking on the door, local club to us. Um, you know they've been in the playoffs. They got to the playoff final at Wembley. Sadly, lost that. But you know they've um, they they've been knocking on the door of the football league as well. So there's no reason why a club like Hemel can't do it, especially with the population of Hemel. We're the biggest town in Hertfordshire population-wise. We're bigger than say Watford. Um, you know, in terms of population which might surprise a lot of people. Watford's a big, big town. And uh, population-wise, we've actually got more people in Hemel than there are Watford. So it's um, there is potential for this club. And I think that's what frustrates me a little bit as well, is that we don't get the number of fans we probably should have um, for the size of the town. And, uh, yeah, that's... Um, that's the, probably the biggest frustration and hopefully one day people will see the value of this club to our community and will progress. I, I think I think to answer to answer what you've just said, um, there's 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 quite a few big towns in the UK with a large population um, that don't get good support. Now I can think of one close to home with me and that'd be Livingston now and that, it's because that historically Hemel were never in the Football League um, and stuff like that, I, I think, anyway. So a lot of people would have picked the, the nearest big team, so to speak, um, and whoever moved to the area, because I know Hemel, Hemel's expanded quite quite big. So 
a lot of people would have moved out there from London. So you, you had the people that have moved away from the city to, to a quieter town, etc. So they would have naturally bought their, their London club or a Brummy club or, or anyone with them and then pass that on to their sons and then their sons, so to speak. So it's probably it's probably why um, Hemel, Hemel were in that position. But now you said you, you got the, about the 3G pitch and stuff like that and the, the community initiatives and, and raising revenue. You know that you will get up, you will get up further because more revenue means more wages or more of a wage budget, which means better players, which means attracting better players. It's just simple economics. So that will happen. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty positive that will happen, and then, then the support will come with that as well. Um, once you get to the sort of national league, you, your gates will grow to over a thousand, in my opinion, and then who knows where you can go from there. Um, just like Stephen has done, just like Fleet would have done. You know, they came from they came from step eight, I think. And it, yeah, it, it's 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 more than doable with a with the right uh, with the right management, right club management behind you. Colin, you mentioned you mentioned the dog earlier, didn't you, pal? Tell us about tell us a bit about City. Companies he, he accompanies you to every game, doesn't he? Uh, how is he? <laughs> yeah, he's all good. He's um, my my friend. that's inside the clubhouse right now. I'm just sitting outside. He's looking after him. He's all happy and. He's got his water and he just, yeah, he's happy. And he's always accompanying me wherever I go. He's my guide dog and he helps me. He guides me around the streets, helps me get around obstacles, wheelie bins, whatever you might want to, whatever might be in my way and such. And uh, he's been a great asset to my life. Um, you know, even even on the mental side of just having a little companion at home, given I live on my own and such. Um, he's, he's a great asset to my life. Um, he's been... Uh, I've had him for um, four years now. He's six years old. He's a golden retriever cross Labrador. Um, his name's Sid, and uh, yeah, he, com- he accompanies me to every single game, whether it be home or away. Um, and uh, we used to travel up from Plymouth. Uh, we used to study down there with. Uh, that's actually where I first got him down in Devon um, from the Devon guide dogs team. Um, when I first applied for a guide dog and started doing my training and that. So I got him down in Plymouth when I was at university studying down there. I've not quite finished my degree yet, but I've been taking time out due to personal reasons over the last year or so. Um, but uh, So I'm back in Hemel now and I've got my own place in Hemel now for the first time. I got moved in, in uh, just before Christmas, so that's really good. Um, the dog's been all nice and settled in there since. Um, and... Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, we used to travel up every single week, even for midweek games, even for the county cup games like Hearts Charity Cup, Hearts Senior Cup. We'd be on that, tra- we'd be on the train traveling up every single week. You know, two hundred and forty miles one way, um, just to come and see Hemel play, and that's what it was all about for me. I, I didn't, you know, um, nothing else really apart from my studies. Nothing else really mattered to me. It was all about um, coming to watch Hemel, and uh, I had to sort of really build in the travelling time and the time to stay up here for the weekends and come up for midweek where I could for um, to build that into my studies as well. And it was very difficult, but and uh, it was very tiring as well. But I love travelling. I'm I'm a massive fan of going and seeing new places and travelling. Just sitting on a train or something like that makes me happy because I'm. I'm on the move and I'm doing something and I'm enjoying myself. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I see a lot of myself in you here, Colin. You, you, very, very similar traits to me. And uh, 
look, that, this is this this is why you're dubbed the UK's most dedicated football fan, um, guys, because the, the man's going from Plymouth to Hemel every week, 240 miles one way, 240 miles back. Amazing. Um, Colin, what I'm going to do now, unfortunately, mate, it's time to close the show. <laughs> so, I've, I've honestly, I've loved having you on. And if, if you want to come up to Scotland... And pick off a few grounds up here. Just give me a shout on Twitter. I'll show you around. I'll take you to a few games. Oh, certainly. I've always wanted to uh, visit Scotland, actually. <laughs> That's one of my uh, things to do on my bucket list. Yeah, uh, look, I'd, I'd, there's plenty of... There's a non-league team just down the road I've got a season ticket for now. I'll take you down to their muscle bra athletic. I'm sure they'll love to see you and Sid there. Um, the the offers here, mate. Um, anytime you anytime you want to come up, just give me a shout. You you are more than welcome. Honestly, it'd be great. It'd be great to have you up here and uh, just see see the other side of things. See how Scotland does it uh, when it comes to non-league guys. <laughs> Colin, thank you very much. Uh, Sorry, guys, had to uh, cut poor Colin off early. There, there seems to have been a lot of people coming out the clubhouse making a bit of a bit of a racket at that game he was at. So. Guys, we are available on all the platforms, Google, Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts. If you're bored one day or you're hungover or you've got the drive home from work, give us a listen. Give us a try. You might like us and you might uh, enjoy all of our shows, catch up on plenty to catch up on. We've got interviews with John Sitton, Mark Beard, Andrew Sketch Ward, the Muay Thai fighter, We've got interview with Andy Scott about Chick Hockey Night, promoting his book about Chick, the, the story of Chick Hockey Night. We uh, had Aaron Fraser on the show as well, Heart of Midlovian fan. He was a great guest to have on. Carl Cleghorn, our biggest listened to guest, the Muscle Bra Athletic chairman. He, what a guy he was. You know, there's so much to catch up on. There really is. Lavelle Cook, the basketball player. Plenty of content for you guys. There's football shows, there's F1 shows. And that's another show we're back with this Sunday. We are back with the F1 show with myself and David May catching up on the Grand Prix at Monza and also the Tuscan Grand Prix as well. So that'll that'll be a good show. Plenty of content there for you on that one. That should be out Monday morning. Future fan guests we've got coming on, football fan guests. We've got Bog End Ant and Hackbridge Harry from Tootin and Mitchum. That's going to be an entertaining one to say the least. Father and son duo. Right characters. Tootin and Mitchum, bonkers support. So there's going to be some great stories there. That, that's going to be a must-listen show. After that, we've got Gav Clark coming on. Gav was once upon our time a co-host on our North American Sports Show. Hopefully, he'll be able to come back and do that again with us. Um, we should probably be doing that after the NBA playoffs, maybe, after the finals. We might get a show out for you then. But he's an avid Bristol City fan. Who are, as they say, in Bristol, well, sorry, Bristolians, that was absolutely terrible. But you get the drift. Gav's an avid Bristol City fan, followed him home and away all his life. He'll be coming on to talk all things City. Future guests will include Aaron Good, ex-QPR player, non-league legend as well. Another non-league legend, but here in Scotland, Matty King has agreed to come on the show. He is a muscle bra athletic striker. Absolute goal machine. In Scottish Junior Football, East of Scotland League Football, Musselburgh legend. Can't recall how many times he's won player of the season. I can't wait to have him on. He's a he's a real character, guys, honestly. And we've also got potentially Justin Morley coming on. He was a Matabelliland national team coach in the Conifer World Cup. He's also got a book to promote. 
We're just uh, agreeing a time on the date that we've agreed on. He's a very busy man, see, because he's started up a team in Latvia called Rigi United as well. So he's, he's got it all going on, guys. So once we've agreed a time, we should we should have him on the show very, very soon. Again, guys, thank you very much for your sponsorship. Jamie Mack and of Edinburgh and Carl Cleghorn of Musselburgh. You've been great to us throughout this and without your sponsorship, it's we know we're not going to be able to progress even further, guys. We've got a, a PayPal you can donate to as well for, for those listeners that would like to contribute as well to our content. You can make a small contribution or you can make regular small contributions or large contribution. Entirely up to you what, what you put in. It's all to realise our dream of one day of going visual and going on YouTube, getting a good visual team behind us, real professional job, real decent studio equipment, nice big background with the Cathedral Sport logos all over it and all that sort of stuff, you know. Want to grow this as big as we can. Guys, you all have a lovely weekend. And one more thing, Wildstone Raider, you want us, we'll give it you. Come on the show, Gordon. Would love to have you on. If you're any Wildstone fans listening in, get in contact with with the Raider. We'd love to have him on the show. He'd be a fan, he'd be a fantastic guest for us. He really, really would. Um, real football fan. Again, guys, have a great weekend. Cheers.